1: Today is Wednesday, September 11, 2019. On this day in 1978, writer and broadcaster Georgi Markov died of blood poisoning. Four days after being stabbed with an umbrella, it's now believed this man was assassinated for being an enemy of the Kremlin. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Every day we tell a timely story from true crime history, then analyze the historical impact of that day's events. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Now let's go back to September 11th, 1978, to a local hospital in London. Two ER nurses hovered around the reception desk. They were gossiping about the patient in cubicle three. Over the past four days, his condition had declined rapidly. He was seemingly dying of blood poisoning. But what truly made him noteworthy was the cockamamie story he'd been telling his doctors. According to the 49-year-old patient, Mr. Georgi Markov, he'd been assassinated by a member of the KGB. The entire ward had been whispering about him. Georgi insisted he'd been stabbed with a poisoned dart, dislodged from the end of an umbrella. He said he was an enemy of the Kremlin for speaking out against the Communist Party. He claimed that he'd already survived two assassination attempts, but this time, he was certainly done for. The story was too insane to take seriously. A poisoned umbrella? Russian spies? No, these were the rantings of a madman with blood disease. At the sound of the flatline, the two nurses whipped around and began racing to Georgi Markov's hospital bed. He was crashing. The ER staff did their best to revive him, but he succumbed to shock. Finally, they were forced to accept that they'd lost him. Georgi Markov died that morning, September 11, 1978, after four days of fighting infection. In the wake of his death, the doctors were left nonplussed. How could a healthy man fall so gravely ill so quickly? In the investigation that followed, however, the story would only grow stranger as police better learned who Georgi Markov was and who wanted him dead. Georgi was born in 1929 in Bulgaria and came of age during the Second World War, which later influenced his writing as a playwright and novelist. He came into some fame for his work right at the onset of the Cold War. But being an artist, outspoken about the Communist Party, he was also a pariah. Gheorgi defected to Italy in 1969, later immigrating to England. There, he became a journalist for the BBC and a German news station Deutsche Welle. As a writer and on-air journalist, he was extremely critical of communism behind the Iron Curtain, especially of Bulgarian Communist Party leader Todor Zivkov. His stories of growing up in a communist country both shocked the West and garnered him a huge following in Bulgaria, so much so that his broadcasts were credited with fostering dissidents in Bulgaria against the Communist Party. Then, rumor has it that in June 1977, Communist Party leader Todor Zivkov ordered a hit on Georgi and allegedly requested the KGB to assist him in the assassination. Not only were KGB agents better trained than the Bulgarian spies for such a hit, their involvement would also erase any ties to Bulgaria. In the year that followed, Three attempts were made on Georgi's life. The first of these occurred in the spring of 1978, when someone poisoned Georgi's drink at a dinner party. However, he didn't succumb to the poison. Then later that summer, Georgi left on a vacation to visit family in Sardinia. He was introduced to a Bulgarian agent who told him, I've been sent to murder you, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the money and vanish. The news came as a shock to Georgi, who quickly shared the info with his publicist and his higher-ups at the BBC. He said he wasn't sure whether the man had been playing a sick joke or if he was being targeted for assassination. After all, the KGB was not necessarily known for being gentle in their treatment of communist critics. September 7, 1978, was a crisp autumn morning, and just so happened to be Georgi's birthday. He was on his way to work at the BBC in London, and made his way to his normal bus stop on the south side of Waterloo Bridge. As he neared the bus stop, a sudden, sharp pain struck him in the leg. He whipped around to see a man stoop down and pick up an umbrella off the ground. The man quickly apologized and kept walking. At first, he assumed the man had dropped his umbrella and it brushed him as it fell. Although he did note that when the man apologized, his English was heavily accented. It sounded Eastern European. Given the year he was having, he wondered whether it was a coincidence. Throughout the day, the spot on his leg where the umbrella had nicked him continued to hurt. Then it began to itch. Finally, he went to the bathroom to take a look and discovered that a red blotch of skin was growing where the pinprick had been. The pain worsened, and by evening, Georgi was running a fever. He showed the pinprick to his wife, Annabelle, who somewhat endearingly said, I can't believe people go around stabbing other people with umbrellas. But as his fever worsened, Annabelle insisted he go to the ER to get the pinprick checked out. He was admitted later that night. At first, the local doctors weren't exactly sure what to do with him. The entire thing made no sense. The hospital treated him for blood poisoning, but they weren't convinced that was what was actually causing his fever and pain. By this point, Georgi had had enough time to unpack what had happened that morning. When he got to the hospital, he recounted the tale to the ER staff. He told them he believed he had been stabbed in the back of the leg with a poisoned umbrella. Naturally, to the hospital staff, the theory sounded like an insane conspiracy. They dismissed him out of hand. It should be noted, however, that while the hospital staff did not believe that Georgi had been poisoned by Russians, it in no way affected the ardentness with which they treated him. They did not ignore the red spot on his leg, the possibility that poison had entered his bloodstream, nor the seriousness of his condition. The next day, September 8th, he went into shock. Again, his doctors knew there was something horribly wrong with him. They just had no idea as to what. Nothing they did seemed to improve his condition. They spent the next three days fighting an uphill battle, until finally, on the morning of September 11th, Georgi Markov died. Coming up... We'll try to shed some light on the mysterious death of Georgi Markov. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place, for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Now back to Today in True Crime. When 49-year-old Georgi Markov died suddenly on September 11, 1978, doctors initially believed it was of septicemia, possibly as a result of kidney failure, But due to the bizarre circumstances and the fact that Georgi Markov was a known figure, Scotland Yard began an investigation into this otherwise healthy man's sudden death. They biopsied the skin around the red mark on his leg where he had been stabbed and sent it to a chemical weapons research institute outside London. Embedded in his skin, the chemists found a tiny metallic sphere of an unusual composition. Analysis showed that the metal was a unique, hollow alloy capable of holding half a milligram of liquid. The sphere was empty, but the implication was stunning. It seemed as though Georgi Markov had not been spouting conspiracy theories. He was very likely assassinated. Further analysis showed that he was likely poisoned with ricin. This poison was made famous by the television show Breaking Bad, and it was Walter White's weapon of choice for good reason. Ricin is easily made, more poisonous than cobra venom, and has no antidote. In short, from the moment the umbrella struck Georgie's skin, he was a dead man. Several years after the murder, two former KGB officers admitted to the murder. Their names were Oleg Kalugin and Oleg Gordievsky. Both Olegs claimed that the KGB had a top-secret laboratory called The Chamber, which developed James Bond-esque gadgets like the murderous umbrella. However, that story has been countered by documents recovered after the fall of the Iron Curtain in 1991, which suggested that the Bulgarian government hired two low-level Italian criminals for the job. In 1995, British Parliament submitted a formal request to the Kremlin for help in identifying any KGB agents that might have been involved in Georgi's assassination. Russia, never responded. Georgi's murder went unsolved for nearly 30 years. In fact, it wasn't until 2005 that the British public got answers. Leaked Bulgarian intelligence documents cited a hitman, Francesco Giulino. He was Danish, but worked for the Bulgarian equivalent of the KGB during the Cold War. He operated under the codename Agent Piccadilly, and gained a reputation for being ruthless at his work. So much so that one report said of him, he does not feel fear. The documents also stated that on February 5, 1993, julino, a Danish citizen, had been detained by the Danish authorities and interrogated in Copenhagen for six hours in relationship to Georgi Markov's murder, although he was eventually released. Had he confessed, he would have been extradited to the UK for trial. In 2008, the Bulgarian government worked with the British government to solve the case as best they could, but when the statute of limitations ran out on September 11, 2008, they closed the book on the case forever. As of now, it's almost certain that the assassination was carried out by Bulgarian security forces. But we likely will never have a definitive culprit. That's the case with many deaths that resulted from the Cold War. Georgi's murder joins a list of many bizarre assassinations and other acts of espionage to come out of this time. His political beliefs and willingness to speak out against communism cost him his life. In fact, Russia has a long history of assassinating political dissidents, beginning at the turn of the century. During the Cold War, its allies adopted these practices. Even today, Russian Prime Minister Vladimir Putin is believed to use assassination as a means to subdue political dissidents, although he calls these actions active measures. Those who were willing to speak out against the East did so at great personal cost, but their efforts did wonders to bring about the end of the Cold War and reunite millions of families that had been separated by the curtain. If you're interested in more of these bizarre cases of spycraft during the Cold War, you can listen to many of these stories on Espionage, another ParCast original. Tap Browse and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan. I'm Vanessa Richardson.